Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast spoiler minisode for Scream 6. Yes, we dropped our non-spoiler episode last week. Check that out because we're going to go full context, full spoiler here. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watched Tonight and joining me from across the pond, you know, if this guy was ghost-faced, I'd probably let him chase me. It's John Burke from Burke. How are you, sir? I am doing okay. I am not ghost-faced. Spoiler. Ghostface. Sounds like a very ghostface thing to say. Um, It does, it does. John Burke, spoiler minisode. Scream is a film which is notoriously hard to talk about without spoilers in terms of getting into Mm -hmm. it. Shall we? We shall. Um, right, let's just get into it. We obviously we, we spoke about things we didn't didn't like about the film, but of course the first thing everybody wants to know about Scream is who done it, who are the killers. Mm-hmm. We found this detective Bailey, played by Dermot Roroni, uh, his daughter Quinn, and his son Ethan, who turn out to be the father and siblings of Randy, who is played by Not Jack Quaid Richie. in Scream. Richie, sorry. Not Randy, Randy Meeks. Richie, who was played by Jack Quaid in Scream 5. JB, when the masks came off, what did you think? Because Dermot Maroney's character even says, of course it was me. What did you think yeah, of the well, reveal? At the, when we first meet him as Quinn's dad, uh, he, he dismisses himself as a, as a suspect because of her or vice versa. She can't be a, she can't be a suspect because he's her dad. Um, and he's like, I can get off the case if that's what you want. And the girl's like, no, no, it's fine. So like, it's all set up for us to know it's him. And he's not like, he's, he's being a villain kind of throughout this. Like he's chewing the scenery in good ways, like in campy scream ways. Um, it's the first film that has three killers. Yes. And in that way, it mirrors three, right? This is halfway, like three is one, two, three. And then we have four, five, six, um, three only has one killer. This has three. Now it gives us an average of two killers per movie though. So we have balanced out. We have 12 total killers unless you count the two would have been killers that start this movie yes sir and then we have 14 right because there's a pair who get taken out by the trio um that we get an awesome opening sequence um from because i i think samara weaving is incredible and uh tony revelori i i <laughs> was really hyped because i thought he was going to be the killer because that's the subversion that we get right the we for the first time we immediately are shown who the killer is which, of course, it. is not the case. I uh, I liked that. What I, I, I But it was... I immediately knew, though, and I know you posited that maybe for the next film we could maybe follow the killer, but I think um, it was just the, the scene after, for me, I liked it when they're playing hot and cold and we hear the real ghost face, but... It went on a, for me, it went a little bit too long, especially because I, for me, and, and I don't know if you knew as well as a fan, franchise veteran, I knew what was coming. I knew as what was happening. As soon as he got the phone call, yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew I what like, he was done. We know what's happening. I don't mean get to it to cut the tension, but it, that scene went on just a tiniest bit too long in his apartment, but goddamn was to pay off good when the real ghost face, you know, will the real ghost face please stand up? He he, he opens a door and Tony Revolori's, you know, his, his ghost bait face buddy is being sliced, diced and quartered and put in the fridge. Um, and then Tony Revolori is killed off screen. 
as Ghostface says, you know, like who who gives a damn about the movies? Paraphrasing, because Tony Revolori says, you know, like this isn't how they do it in the movies, and I love how Ghostface dismisses it, and we're like, here we go, we're being set up for something different, mm-hmm. and I don't think we got different. I think we got no. things that were things that we got some curveballs here and there. Yeah, but my biggest, pro- I mean, I was for the reveal, JB, just for my two pence on that. I, I, I was a bit underwhelmed because the character of Ethan, I was like. I don't really care about you either way. I mean, mm. I think you're a limp character. Even he kind of looks like Richie too, to be honest. He look yeah, good, good casting. I like that, but I was like, I don't. It didn't really. I didn't really care for you when you weren't Ghostface. So I care for even less now that you are Quinn. Mm-hmm. I thought I quite. You know, I didn't mind that because I fell for the trap. We didn't see her body, but I just assumed she was dead. I fell for that one, hook, line, and sinker. And Dermot Moroni even said, "Of course, it's me." Um, and in that scene earlier on, when he says, you know, we'll rule you out as a suspect because, you know, I'm, I'm a cop. There was a scene, I think, where Mindy kind of looks like, what? I said, I noticed that she's like, hey, should we? That's not how it works. And I was like, okay, somebody's referenced that. That's a weird thing to say. Um, yeah, the, and the whole kind of sibling thing, I didn't really dig that. I thought that was a bit weak source for me. I think they could have done better than that. I liked the scene yeah. in the in the kill box, in the shrine. I think that was well done, especially when I thought, holy hell. Kirby, they, you know, when they when yeah. they positioned Kirby, I was like, that is a bold swing. That is a massive swing. But they didn't. And John, the problem for me with this film is they took the swings and did not have the courage of their conviction to stick with them. Yep. Now they might be setting that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself an out here. They may be setting it up for part seven. And they did say in part six that you know everyone's fair game. But at the same time, we're building characters here. And people have said, you know, look at Scream 1 through 4. You know, the big three there didn't die. So why should any any of the core four die? Totally get that. But come on, they used Chad like a pin cushion. Mindy got gutted. Tara got stabbed. Um, Mindy not only got gutted, but then she was like running around like she didn't get gutted. Like she's at the last scene. Yeah, like prior yeah. to that, he's the one who's like tending to her in the in the subway. It's like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Tara yep. gets stabbed. Um, Gail gets that was a wonderful scene of Gail, but she yes. gets stabbed in the shoulder, the leg, the ribs, like deep, and but survives. We're told she survives. Yeah, which like okay. So, dude, when Chad came out, I, I am sorry. When Chad came out, I was mm-hmm. like, you have got to be kidding me. Yep, this guy was that was such a badass moment, John. He was. He was kicking the hell out of these ghost faces. Yeah. You know, he's using hands. He's using cameras. When they're on the floor, he's not running away. He's beating them. And then mm-hmm. he got this really heroic out. We just had that moment where he'd finally kissed Tara. And now this, and now we get this kind of gut punt. It stank, John. And the problem for me, I mentioned the non-sport. I've got to say here is how on earth do we go into Scream 7 now and buy that somebody gets stabbed in the stomach and dies anymore? What are they yep. going to have to do? Because if Chad gets a stab in the gut and dies, I'm immediately going to think, well, hold well, on. He literally got about 30 puncture wounds in this film. Similarly yeah. to how Dermot Maroney did, except he obviously got the big slash at the end. But Ugh. how do we how do we move on from it? Because everybody, everyone, John, got a fatal blow, which would have been fatal in the first four films. I mean, and everyone survived apart from keep, uh, the girl on the ladder. Keep in mind, too, that Jen Ortega's character was brutalized in five like many times oh, like she was opening sequence stabbed several times survived stabbed towards the end still survives oh, Chad course, yeah and mindy i thought died for sure in five right like yep. it seemed unlikely that they survived but they survived so then for them all to survive again it also is like well then these these four are invincible maybe they are Herbie supernatural maybe we've been wrong well. this whole time 
Um, and Gale surviving in this movie, which yes, it would have been a little Star Wars pr- sequel series to uh, to one by yep. one kill off the legacy characters. But at the same time, to leave us, the last time we see Gail Weathers is she looks dead. Jesus, yeah. And then off camera, we're told she's okay. Like, and that's Reese, that's Nev Campbell not showing up to the film, I think. Yep. And then Kirby surviving fine, but Chad surviving again. And again, not, not just surviving for Mindy. Mindy, I think Mindy throws a line out like she's on a lot of drugs and that's why she's all hyper. But you got stabbed in the stomach and were dying. You're not running out of the ho- they're not letting you leave the hospital you know what i'm saying like that's uh, yes it's a movie and yes we have to take some liberties but we did not need her to be at the ambulance scene you know what i'm saying like no we had we had these liberties in screen five and let's not face it let's not lie screen six takes so many liberties to get to the point now where it's stupid like have mate, look if you want to have chad survive again that's fine but don't have all of them go through the same um, or yeah. similar amounts of damage and survive just uh, if you're gonna do it just have one so it's a little bit more believable and now what we have to talk about is if you it's not subverting rules that you establish oh here right? we go yeah you can't say these are the rules and then not follow them and think it's subversion because that's not yes. that's a blatant misdirect it's not even a red herring where like oh you've misled us to think no you outright lied at that point and when it's a franchise staple to have your characters outline the rules of the genre that you are riffing on you must one they must be real rules and they're not like they're really not the franchise rules are loosey-goosey at best right like if we were to not talk about what scream says if we were to like what are the rules of a franchise there's not many right like there's some commonalities but franchises vary so much in scale and scope and our our horror like uh, nightmare on elm street friday the 13th those are franchises but so is the mcu those are very different things right so for her not even to acknowledge what type of genre that it is but she outright says legacy characters aren't safe um anyone could be the the suspect and the suspects are new characters that were introduced solely for this movie the only people who die are the new characters. Yeah, it, it except, sucks. except for somehow Danny. Danny's good. Danny's not even like in any of the actual important scenes. He's always just outside of it. Like he's he's us watching it go, hey, watch out. Like yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> you know, maybe thinking he's smarter than he is. Maybe that's maybe that's he's the audience surrogate, and I just put that together. But um I I all every time the rules sto- like monologue happens after the first movie, it feels a little forced, right? Especially what the third ones where we get Randy's vid- VHS. Like, yes, good thing I pre-recorded this. Um, yeah, come on. And then I guess I don't remember four enough, but I guess Hayden Pantieri's character is that in yes. that movie. It just, but they feel more. Yeah, look, they're a bit. They're winking at the audience horribly, but they feel. They feel like that more so, whereas here it just felt shoved in, and I I make no yeah. apologies for that. It felt unnecessary, especially because we had Ghostface say, "Who gives a damn about the movies?" Yep. Basically, there's your out there, there's your chance now to give us something Break different. Them you all. Still, you get, you can still be a screen film. You can still have, you know, rules are in your film. But when they sat down and when when Mindy gave those rules, I thought this is this is not this is taking me out of the film badly now. Um, and I didn't really like the character of Min in this film. Nothing against Jasmine Savoy Brown. I think she's good. I just think her, her the writing did her no favours. Where for me she became abrasive too much. So, and 
it, it wasn't funny. It lost its charm. There wasn't, yeah, yeah. Randy was a bit of a douche at times as well, but yeah. yeah. And I get her paranoia. Like her paranoia is justified as a character. No, I totally get that. It's, yeah, and, and I'm with you. It's just, it just felt too over the top. Whereas in but, the last film, she was Randy, but well, she, she was more affable. What's upsetting is like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If she's paranoid about everybody, she's not then just ignoring her own feelings. Cause that's what she does. She's just doing, she's living a normal life. And yet acting like she's super paranoid. It's like, well, but you're not though. Cause you're like, look, you have a new girlfriend that none of us, we don't even get a backstory for the girlfriend. Although she is nothing more than fodder for, for Ghostface. She, I mean, to be fair, she gets stabbed in the stomach and also survives for quite a long time. She Way gets gutted long. as well. Cause yeah, it's not just a stab. He twists the knife and then starts Ooh. slicing up. And it's like, really? But uh, the, I mentioned the vertigo moment um, when they're on the ladder and the camera like looks down. That was cool in 3D. That was probably the coolest in movie element of 3D because it does have that. Yeah, you really that, yeah. can see the 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 distance that they're going to fall kind of thing. And that, um, that scene did get me. It made me go, oh, and it made my theater go. We everybody collectively gasped when when um, her character's Anika, played by the wonderful Devin Nakoda, I like her, um, when she falls off and then she bangs she, her yeah. head just absolutely just obliterates against that skip the garbage can. Been everybody went. <sighs> it was you know it's brutal when when Henry Sherney's character, the therapist, when he gets killed, like it's a knife through the cheek. Um, yeah, we've got people have been uh, people the, get stabbed. The whole pin convenience store. Sequence is, is insane. Ghostface is just killing entire stores in, I say, broad daylight. But he's just, that's that's what I thought. I was like this is maybe we are going somewhere different. Mm-hmm. The shotgun didn't bother me because he literally took that off the guy behind the t- the counter. That didn't bother me. But it did raise the stakes a lot. Like cause it, it, that's not his mo. And I, and I like that. It was different. This is mm-hmm. what I don't need him to have like a an art the clown kind of bag full of different torture and t- t- devices, but. It, it, it changed the game that bit and it made that scene suddenly a lot more tense that, you know, Ghostface doesn't have to be within arm's reach to get them. He's, he's only got to be in reach of that shotgun blast. You know, one thing that annoyed me too, um, I noticed I had not really picked up on it over the many times I've seen the screen films, but there is a way they wipe that Ghostface wipes the knife clean of blood. Like, yes, the classic. It's very, the first couple of times this Ghostface doesn't do it. And it makes sense because this ghost face isn't obsessed with the story. This ghost face has a personal vendetta against Sam, right? Like they're not interested in building the legacy yet. When he, uh, after he kills Gail's boyfriend, he does the (laughs) knife wipe and it bothered me. I'm like, and then they both do it at the same time after Chad, don't they? I was like, I was like, Hey, look, it's a cool visual when it's a fun gift. It is. You, you don't need to do that. But that more moment. like it doesn't make sense for these two to do that because they're not paying homage to the original killers. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. every other killer has been. It's for the audience, which um, I said it to is. my buddy Bespin off air the other day that even like the, 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 the Gale scene, that's for the audience because Melissa Barrera's character, who's very good in this, Sam, she's getting really cut up emotionally and sad about Gale, even though the film kind of sort of, positions that they don't really they don't Sam yeah. and Tara don't really like Gail and she's more upset about Gail than anybody else dying and that's for me that's for the audience you know that, that yeah. that's her that she's our um she's our conduit there and you know Gail saying tell tell Sydney he, he didn't get me it's like well he kind of did <laughs> he, he's the one who gave you these mortal wounds but um so there are moments like that for the audience and the same with the theatrical knife wipe does it look cool 
Absolutely. Is it necessary within the context of the story? No. But um, I thought Melissa Barrera was very good. I think she's she steps up now. She steps out of the shadow of the the OGs now into the lead of the core four. She's so good in this. I love how they're setting up this her trauma angle, plus the fact that she she killed she killed she, she killed a guy and she liked it. Um, she has she <laughs> killed Richie and, and dug it. I think that's a Katy Perry song. Um, exactly, it's it's the one on the it's the B side. You didn't hear about it as much, but if you play it backwards, that's what she says. Um, but she, you know, she, we get that where she's kind of like she, she's Billy Loomis' daughter, and she had that bloodlust, and she's she because she enjoyed it, and at the end, it comes through, and Tara's the one who kind of immediately eventually sort of looks at her and says like yeah you know do it you know kill him there's a real story there to mine tara as well she's excellent this jenna ortega is a superstar they're great together i really do believe they're mm-hmm. dynamic together i hope the next film john i've got some theories and some hopes not once because i don't expect but i'd love to see you know, everybody wants Stu to come back matthew lillard hey look if they, if they really doing hinted radio, at it if they did if they're doing a radio silence trilogy man i can see this happening this isn't you know this is just me Stu's coming back in 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 because in in part five there was a youtube video saying is he dead this part six kirby says he is mindy says well if you think that's true there's set up there it isn't palpatine and rise of skywalker this is set up they've also spent the last two films mentioning how sam and tara's mother is absent the whole time is she absent what's your mum up to oh i don't know i don't speak to her oh who knows yeah. she's kind of that too I, yeah. I would expect the mother, but I hope if Stu is there, he's more of like a Hannibal Lecter, like, you know, in prison or in like a yeah, mental institution. Yeah, to explain where he's been. A lot of people online but have said he's I, I got hope he's not parents. the killers, but I hope they go to him yeah, for something. You you know? Yeah, no, that's um, a good shout. Um, I think the mother's going to be there. How do we get Sydney back? Well, having Stu back, is they're going to be there? That will be a way to get her back, potentially. But then you've got Stu and Sydney, the OG. You've also got Sam who is kind of not a protege, but allied with Sydney, but she's also Billy Loomis's daughter, who of course was the killer alongside Stu. So there's that dynamic. Do you then have Sam kind of starting to give into these dark urges? How does that play against Tara? You know, her sister, there's going to be that dynamic. What the hell's going to happen with Gail? You know, they, they really can go some very, yeah. very interesting ways here. But what what makes me think otherwise is they help they they really pull they they, they pulled their punches so badly in this film to the point yep. where the stakes were gone. Unless they're setting up for a big like trilogy finale, even though they've gone on about series and franchises, if they're setting up for the next film, okay, cool. But I I John, I'm telling I put it on on the air now as a massive scream head and horror fan. They've got to do something in the next, so they have to change the game. We've had six films now, which are whodunits, and we get the same formula throughout. Someone's getting stalked by a ghost face or more than one. They get revealed as having a connection one way or the other. They've got to change the game. Either have something big happen, like like Sam becoming, not maybe ghost face, but you know, giving into that. So we have, the, we have our Sydney essentially actually being almost an antagonist at times. Or we have, or like we said beforehand, that we, you don't find out who ghost face is, and then that actually spans through to the next film. So we have a mystery or something. They've got to change it up because if Scream 7 follows the same formula, so then it gonna, loses its lustre. We got to wrap this up because we're running a little long for a spoiler, but I do want to pitch one idea. Please. So they've already introduced in the Scream universe that Kevin Smith and the Jay and Silent Bob movies are a thing. So what yes, if they were in there, yep. Sam takes the, the, the 
basically the plot of Jay and Silent Bob. She starts looking for all the people who've talked trash about her on the internet. <laughs> but instead of just, uh, you know, punching them like Jay and Silent Bob do in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, she starts murder spree, right? Anyone who's made accusations about her being a murderer, she'll show them who the murderer is. You know what I'm saying? Like, she goes all in. So she's not ghost face, but she is a killer. You know, like, she's shown go that, that she route. can do that. Um, and then Sydney's like, oh no, I've created a monster. I got to stop her. And boom, you know, I'm mostly joking, but at the same time, this seems very plausible as, a, as what is going to happen. Plays into this. The reason why we found out that Quinn, one of the killers was the one who started the conspiracy theory online that Sam was the behind the yep. murders in screen five. So Sam's probably thinking, well, hold on. I, I could do without people saying this. So who else, who are the kind of masterminds of spreading this? I'm going to get mm-hmm. rid of them as well. Straight, who knows? They need to, for me that John, they need to do something which is out of the box now, but actually out of the box, not just not just subvert a little bit. I think they have to change the formula, or else it's yeah. just going to be more of the same, and it will lose its fun. I agree, sir. I agree. Any more to add on Scream Six before we wrap up, JB? I think I've said all I need to say. Uh, yep, and if I have any more to say, well, you can tell us all about it. Let us know what you thought though about Scream Six, especially now we, we've heard our thoughts on this film, where it went, the characters, our our, our nitpicks, our positives and also our theories on what scream seven could entail really would genuinely love to hear what you guys think about it because scream gets the people talking it gets the people going let us know what you thought about the film though uh, you can find the show collectively on twitter you can find us at bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast john where can everyone find us on instagram you can follow us at bloody awesome movie pod Yes, sir. We're on Facebook to search for Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast and check out the Tomato Meter and see if you can see our friendly faces staring back at you for the BAMP reviews. If you want to find me online, just go to whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or search What I Watch Tonight across all the social medias, including Letterboxd. John, where are you? I'm at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Yep, go check out John's oh, site and mine because we're collaborating. One last thing. I almost didn't say this, but we have to. They took a jab at letterbox users in Scream they 6. They did! And I, I'm, I'm offended, guys. You felt seen, uh, didn't no. you? I felt seen, too. Yeah, I remember it was funny. You're a loser if you have a letterbox account. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to continue to provide that. Go to Burke Reviews on Letterbox as well, just to spite Mindy and everybody else in this film. Um, exactly. Yeah, check out our websites. We're collaborating on projects for each other's websites, so go check them out for all the details. But yeah, if you like what you've heard, Please do tell your friends about it. If you know there's a horror fan out there, tell them that we've just done a Scream minisode and a main episode last week. And if you really like what you're hearing, please do leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice. Helps the show grow, gets more listeners in, and we're all film fans. Let's all communicate with each other in a nice, positive, friendly manner. But until then, as always, stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody, 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 blood, blood, bloody, awesome.